military stuff, oh, military. Space, space Force guy, okay. Ryan's thing on the... Whatever Ryan's thing was on. All right, ready? What's going to loud? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Freedom Wire, your number one source for patriotic truth. Hey, the whole crew is here. It's nice. Um, Ryan's back from... I was back last podcast, but thanks for noticing. <laughs> I re- were you assert yourself more? Oh, that's right. You were yeah. you were gone for the early one, one. Yeah, one one podcast. I was gone the week before. It's just been weird that we and then Grace has been gone. Like it's this is consistent. That's two in a row. The whole crew is here. Anyways, uh, today we're going to talk to you guys about woke military and the purging of conservatives from the armed forces uh, and how that's going to look and their reasoning behind it. Before we get to it, though, do us a favor, like this video, share this video, comment on this video. Do you think that we should be purging anybody from the military who volunteered to protect our country uh, from foreign invaders? Say yes or no or whatever. Let us know below. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and hit that notifications bell. That way you'll know every time a new episode is up. Also... If you're not a member of Freedom Wire, real easy to do. Click the link on the bottom right-hand side of the screen and give us your email. We'll start sending stories that are important to customer, customers. <laughs> Conservatives like you and like us, and you probably won't read anywhere else. All right, guys. So uh, the military is going woke under Biden, like everything else on under the umbrella of the federal government. Um, and they are looking to purge conservatives from their ranks, literally, um, regardless of the fact that they, who they voted for, or not that it's any of their business, but there is a sweeping change happening in our armed forces, and it has to do with, from top down, getting rid of these people that they see as a threat to the military. I don't think they really see them as a threat. I think their goal is just to deplete the military because if they get rid of all the conservatives, they're going to get rid of most of the military because most of the military is conservative. So I think they want to have a small, weak army so that we can be more susceptible to other adversaries like China. You think they want us to be invaded? No, I think they want us to be more susceptible to attacks by other countries. But why? What is there, what is there to gain from that? Because they're all in deals with each other and corruption. Okay, well, okay, I see where you're going. No, the, the goal right now is because, you know, of course, with Biden and the left in general, they will never say in as many words, we don't want conservatives here anymore. What they're doing is, you know, they're fighting extremism in the ranks. That was a big thing we saw get thrown around after January 3rd. You know, we have, we have to examine all of our military for extremists, drive out extremist viewpoints. Uh, then they, you know, threw in, oh, we have to, uh, you know, start new equity and diversity training, new racially sensitive programs with different, you know, gender inclusivity standards and all these things for training programs and physical fitness tests need to be balanced so that there's an equal number of women in the military. And what this is really leading to, again, not in so many words, but this is where it's going, is if you're a straight white man in the military, there's probably something wrong with you. Because they've just redefined extremism as, are you anywhere slightly to the right of Joe Biden? And if you are 
you're an insane conspiracy theorist who's probably plotting the downfall of our country. So that's who they want out of the military. They just won't say it quite yet. This is why culture wars, again, I've said this multiple times, and maybe is, 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 this is why the culture wars have mattered this whole time, and we should have been paying more attention to it, because now it's pervading our national security apparatus and our, our military, these micro, the microaggressions and the safe spaces and the, not the critical race theory, all the stuff that, you know, the stuff that we used to kind of make fun of and the participation trophies and all that. Now it's like literally life and death stuff, and we're not going after the best of the best anymore. We're just going after diversity for diversity's sake, and that's and, and the one institution where we cannot have that. We have to have the best of the best. It's kind of like the United Airlines doing the similar thing too, when they're just now they're just trying to they're talking about recruiting you know fifty percent of their recruits or something to be oh, be women of color or just minorities and stuff like. Why don't we just get the best of the best so we don't crash? So we can so we can all be equally dead together. <laughs> that here here's like the, we're going from a woke military they're trying to be they're so woke they're going like they are going to break our military more or less and and I have a theory as to why I, my theory I think is, is different I think I've told you guys what my theory is before and I'll say it again I think the aim is to get conservatives out of the military because the ultimate plan is to get rid of the police departments uh, individual de- police departments and go to a martial law-esque form of policing using our military as the police force, as our law enforcement. And that way they can outlaw guns. And if you have a military full of liberals... Like Antifa. Like Antifa, they will have no problem knocking on your door and taking a gun. And as opposed to a conservative who would be like... I'm not enforcing this. This is anti-constitutional, or this is unconstitutional. So if they can, if they can weed conservatism out of the military, as opposed to just taking who's the best candidates and those who want to enter the military, then they'll it'll make their move towards socialism easier, which is what I think the ultimate goal is. And and you can't have a military that is that is committed to the constitution to move to move us towards socialism. So that's what they're trying to do is rid actual constitutional conservatives or you know people that believe in the constitution, you cannot they cannot lean on them to to usher in socialism. So they want to weed them out. They want to have like their own military. Their, own, good, their military. own their own military even though it's it's our military it's It'll be liberal, a liberal military, a liberal army. It'll be Antifa, but state-sponsored Antifa with camouflage. <laughs> I can't speak to that, but I'm not saying you're wrong or right. But I'm just, but but what is needs to be talked about is that they they want to get rid of every institution that's sworn to protect us, like the police and the military. Like that is very concerning. That is something that we need to be paying attention to, and which we have been. But that, to me, is ultimately what the motive is. I don't know, but that cannot be allowed to happen. And we've seen that with their CIA recruitment videos. I wrote an article. You go to freedomware.com. I'm sure we'll, we can share the probably the link to yeah, the article. that'll that'll be in the description or even just the video of the, the latest U.S. Army woke recruiting video. Basically, long story short, there's uh, there's this this recruit that they had that was warned to two 
to two women and she and she goes through life marching for equality and all this stuff and like and her, it was a nice there was a nice part of the story where like mom was like paralyzed and came back to that, no, which, no 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 that's that, not that, that was random though that, no 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 that's that, that is part of the that is part of the problem so that adds more intersectionality to it not only is is it a lesbian couple now it's a handicapped lesbian couple oh yeah that's true yeah. Not, it, it's, yeah. that's that's yeah. part of the narrative they that they want to tell piling on and piling on so anyway we'll link to that and below but it's definitely worth the watch it'll make it you it seemed random yeah but it wasn't random yeah so they, they, they the intersectional pyramid that's true that's a good point and, and then of course we also we wrote an article somebody did about the CIA video similar vein so that's what's happening now guys it's great it's great yeah, and as with so many other things that we're seeing, it's not so much that they are actively trying to destroy everything they have. It's They think utopia, that this perfect ideal lies on the other side of this. Oh, if we can just purge all the evil, bigoted races from the military, we will be just as strong, only we will be unified behind, you know, equal principles, and we will have, you know, men and women represented equally black and white and Asian and Hispanic represented equally because that's the perfect way to have a harmonious military. And, you know, if we bring in transgender people, all they're doing is making things better because they want to serve too. And no one's actually stopping to think, maybe there's a reason it is the way it is. Maybe there's a certain personality type that makes someone want to go into the military in the first place. Now, people, everyone I've ever met who's been in the military has, you know, deserved... A thank you for their service, a respect respect that's due to them, but most of them are really rough people. That's part of why they go in. Well, what did what did what because, did uh, what did, what did uh, Orwell say? We we there are uh, we can rest easy at night because there are rough rough men willing to do violence to keep us safe to keep or something us safe. to that effect. And that's that's what the military is supposed to be. You don't want soft, cuddly people who go in. Now, there are plenty of, I'd say, honestly, most of the people in the army are also, you know, family people, people who care about their country, care about their families. But then for every one of those, there's also somebody who's there because it's an opportunity for them to make money or, you know, provide for themselves in that way. And there's all sorts of things that go into it. So it's not just, oh, if we say we want the military to be 50% women, that will make more women want to join the army, right? No. Well, well, well here's that's, the that's not how it works. Here's the problem is the they adjusted all the tests, but even after the adjustments, mm-hmm. the women are still failing these tests. It's it's almost like there's a biological difference between mm-hmm. men and women. So rather than address that, they just lower the testing standard. And now they are actually splitting it up to where it's not one test that everybody has to pass. It's one test for men, one test for women. And th- that, that's acknowledging there's a difference between men and women right there, but they will still continue to tell you that men and women are completely equal. There is no biological or physical difference between them. And that's why things are going so crazy, because on the one hand, they're denying reality and trying to implement their little utopian ideals. But on the other hand, they're having to cheat to make it possible. All the facts are lining up to show them it's impossible. Like, it, it will not work. But they're like, oh, we're going to deny that and keep going with it. And I'm sure everything will be fine the next time, you know, a foreign enemy decides to do something we don't like. 
Well, it's the biggest problem with with the liberal mindset anyways. The biggest problem is equality of outcome and not equality of opportunity. Unless it's white people. They don't want white people to... This, can we just be honest? You're racist against white people now. Straight, straight white man, whoever. They don't want equal outcomes. They want they want every, every other you know, intersectional peer on their pyramid, they want to be better than white people now. It's like, well, so they don't even, they, it's not even equality with white people. Because it's seen as balancing the scales because it's white people have, have, have benefited so long from all these things oh, that the only way to make it actually equal is to benefit oppressed groups while disadvantaging white people because they are naturally and biologically able to, I'm sorry, the philosophy that white people are naturally and biologically superior to all other races is white supremacy. <laughs> so you get all these people writing books about how white people are just, you know, geared to be better than all the other races. So we need to shift everything. Like, how is that not an example of white supremacy? How is this not racism? I'll save you the trouble of trying to think it over. It is. Critical race theory and all these other uh, racially sensitive philosophies are racist. That they're making the exact same points as every white supremacist who's ever, you know, joined one of those groups. They're just making it from the other side. I th I, the problem, I think, is even if I believe that white people were better. Than, which they're not, which by they're the way. Not. They're, they're, I, that's and that's and not and the I, point we're making. I had a huge argument online about how it's about every individual. Everybody wants to group they people do. together. There's, yeah, there's, it's not about the group; it's about the individual. But but here's the thing: even if that were true, even if that even if white people were better than other races, wouldn't it be better to uplift the other races instead of trying to balance the scales this way? It's better to just bring everybody up. And it doesn't uh, doesn't make any sense. Oh, to and they're saying they can't bring them up because they don't have the right resources and opportunities, and that's why they need all these government programs and affirmative action and everything like that. But that means they have to institute racism in order to do that, mm -hmm. which they are already doing. Joe Biden is giving. Equity. They're not hiding the ball on that. Think of. Uh, Ibram X. Kendi, who's quoted as having said, the only way to solve past discrimination is with present discrimination, and the only way to solve present discrimination is with future discrimination. This is the plan. They will just continue to pick different groups to discriminate against. And, you know, once they've, anytime they've taken white men down a peg, they immediately go after white women, even though liberal white women are like the driving forces behind a lot of these movements. Once they're done with white they, women... They victimize white people yeah, too yeah. to get them on their side. Exactly. Once they have moved past even white women, there are starting to be movements that are saying how black men are terrible. Because even though they're black, they're more advantaged because they're male. So it's actually black women who need to be the one. And it's just going further and further down the line until eventually would, yeah. the president of the universe should be a black lesbian little person in a wheelchair with anxiety because that's the only person who meets the entire pinnacle of the intersectional pyramid. And people call that person beautiful. Yes. <laughs> oh, they, they also have to be heavy set. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't be skinny. Shannon just must be, you think President Xi and the Polar Bureau must just be, guys, 
Look at these guys. Look what they're doing. They're like they're fighting over the stupid stuff. They think guys can have babies. Like <laughs> they must be laughing their their butts off at us right now because look how stupid our society is well, becoming. They, That's they why China want, doesn't need to invade us. They'll just sit uh, and, and that, I, I was I was more referring to the military aspect of it because so kind of bring it back. Because like now that if they were to watch that stupid recruiting video on the, the army and then the CIA just put out, they got to be like. Yeah, because China cares nothing. No. The Chinese government cares nothing about being woke, about equality, about any of this. They care about being the best and being number one. And that includes the military. Have you seen their new... I mean, right now, America has more aircraft carriers in the world than the rest of the world combined. China is actively working to change that. China, China's new aircraft are pumping. They're pumping out aircraft carriers, unlike any other place in the world. And soon they could be rivaling U.S. They're also looking to put bases in Africa, and they want a base on on in the Atlantic somewhere. And where better than the Chinese to put a base than in Cuba? Do you know what I'm saying? So this. This is the wrong time. Yeah, worked out so well for us when yeah. we almost got and meanwhile, off the face well, of the yeah. earth. And the well, we're trying to figure right. all this out. The CIA is putting out recruitment ads, proudly talking about how their members have generalized anxiety. Like, you know, oh, I'm a CIA agent. I have anxiety. Great. You're probably not qualified for that job. They like, I'm sorry. You used to not yeah. be able to. Like, yeah. in the military, like, is that so? Because you used to not be able to, if you had a mental... Mm-hmm. Well, like, well here's, here's the whole thing. Yeah. Here's my thing. Well, if you're, you're going to discriminate against everything, you got to stop discriminating against age. We should be able to have 64-year-old uh, grunts out there if they want to join the military. I mean, if you're gonna, if, I'll be if honest. That's how it's going to be. There's 64-year-olds out there who could probably oh, still yeah, kick yeah. butt way better than a lot of the new people they're bringing in. So if we're going to open it up, might as well. But the point is, they don't want us to be the best. These are not just people who deny the idea of American exceptionalism. They, they, they actively hate it. They, actively they say hate that it. it is evil and racist and symbolic of a wicked, bigoted past that must be overcome to say that America's the best. In their minds, America never was the best. America never will be the best. It never should Andrew be. Andrew Cuomo said it. Yeah. America was, make America great again, it was never great. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the, the point Grace then made earlier... why would you live here? Why would you live in yeah. a country why would you be the governor and you don't believe it's great? Yeah the, yeah, the point Grace made earlier where, like, they want us weak to, you know, leave us vulnerable. It's They don't care about whether we're vulnerable or not. If they can strip away everything that promotes the lie that America is a great place, then by extension it leaves us vulnerable. Because, say, you, you hamstring our military to where they can't do much of anything other than sit in their little feeling circle and talk about... Yeah, when, my, when our military hey, needs a, space, a safe space, yeah, there is the, a going to be a huge problem. You know, say our, our Green Berets are in their safe space feeling circle, t- having their little microaggression circle jerk for that day, and... Okay, uh, somewhere around the world, our enemies are, like, moving places that they're not supposed to be. They're lining up to take steps that will put our country at risk. The mere fact that our army is so weak means we can't do anything about it. It's not that we're open to invasion. It's that we're unable to do anything from over here. But they don't really want us to do that. Unless, of course, it's getting involved in places we don't need to be for any reason at all, just because they don't like the guy who happens to be in charge over there. Which, you know, 
which is why Biden has been toying with the idea of let's be boots on the ground in Syria at some point. Why? What's in Syria that we need or that we benefit from? As we say in Afghanistan, the yeah. that still makes more sense yeah. than going to Syria. No, he, he's been, they've been floating this idea since Obama was in charge. Like, we don't like Bashar al-Assad. He's a mean guy. Oh, he He's been gassing his own people. <laughs> All of this is true, but it doesn't necessarily mean our <laughs> army needs to no, go I, in there I and know, fix he, things. Because look at everywhere around the world, America has gone to establish democracy. I mean, is, is Libya a perfect... Uh, Mediterranean vacation destination now where you can go and hang out on the beach and be safe? No, it's not. But, oh, we took out the guy in charge, established democracy, mission accomplished, went home. That's what we left behind. But even that, even, and again, I, I agree with you as far as I don't think we should be going establishing democracies per se, but that still makes us better than every other country to ever exist because no. other other country would have gone there just to conquer the country and make it another you know co- you know co- colonize well, it. Well, here here here's the thing is is I agree and I and disagree with you at the same time. I don't think America's job is to establish democracy. It's not unless unless I do, I do believe unless a country is actively killing its people due to the lack of democracy, um, due to like like like. Um, you know, like an, an oppressive government that, again, like 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 uh, Syria. You know, if if a dictator is destroying lives, mm-hmm. un, even if it's his own country, and it's and destroying lives on a massive scale, then I believe it's our moral imperative to step in and and. What about and, Rwanda? Like Rwanda would in the nineties, classic example. Would you have stepped in there because that was a massive genocide? Yes. I think we should have. Do you consider yourself an interventionist? Not so. No, not so much an intervention. There comes a point when it's not about the politics, when it comes. But it's always about the politics. No, no, I don't believe. No, so. this is actually a really interesting debate because I've actually thought about this too. Because it's one thing to say like, "Yeah, we shouldn't do," it, but then do you sit along and like, like when you, like if the Armenians, for example, could have yeah, done the, something. The Armenians, the Armenian genocide. Yeah. Like the international. No, we did intervene in Kosovo. I mean, we did do that. Like the international community, but again, that shouldn't just be the United States. It shouldn't just be the United and States. But the question yeah. is, but we should rally the troops yeah. when, whenever something yeah. like that is happening. It, it, it goes beyond politics. It goes beyond, it, it, it enters into that moral code of do we let millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people die? And as the, the you know, the pinnacle or what, or not so much, maybe not the pinnacle, but the example of what democracy and what freedom should be like, we should step in when it's, when Lies are being lost on a massive scale. Lies are always there's always going to be wars, and 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 there's nothing we can do with that. But when it's an oppressive government using its unbelievable power to destroy the lives of innocent civilians simply because they can, yeah. I think it's America or well, America's job to get the troops rallied and the and the UN and whatever we have to do to step in and stop that from. So to put this. Military troops or the, well, or the governmental yeah. troops well, around that's, the world. That's, that's, coalition, I think he's referring to. To put this in like yes. a more like we did in Kosovo, the, in right. a more it should, modern, it shouldn't be just the U.S. stepping in yeah. saying we we should we should, we don't have the right to step in and go uh, as America go. All right, we're here as America. 
we're, we're stop this. No, I mean, like, we go through the process of, okay, this is what's happening here. You know, what we need to do is we need to, to get the international community involved. Say, look, NATO. this, this yeah, NATO, NATO, get this, let, let's yeah. fix this problem and go in as a world, not just as a country, but I think it's our job to to lead the charge. Well, so to put it as in far our, as getting uh, people on yeah. board, and a, a few more modern contexts here, like should America be rallying the troops and getting people involved in the Uyghur genocide going on in China right now? Should there be, you know, some sort of whether it's just the United States or you know NATO, UN, whatever, preparing to well, launch a, launch joke. a ground assault no. on China to stop that from happening. China is on the Human Rights Council. Yes, yeah. on the UN. and that's insane. So that's how you know right. the UN is a joke. But UN that's what I'm joke. saying. Like, is is there the moral imperative to get involved to intervene in that? Or also based on the description you just gave, where a powerful government is using its resources to target civilians. A lot of that is depending on who's making the case, because right now you could get Palestinian representatives to stand up and make that case against Israel, because Israel is launching airstrikes against Hamas targets. Hamas is hiding inside of civilian buildings, and you're seeing it right now. So much of the American left is trying to make it seem as though no, no, Israel's just out blowing up they're, schools. They're trying to change the narrative. Yeah, that's, but that's exactly but my that's point. Not, that's not actually what's happening. It's like what Grace was saying, that you can't get the politics out of it because, like the old expression goes, war is just politics by other means. Going to war and things like this is an inherently political thing. So if you want to, like, when, it, when does it become so black and but white it, that it the moral needs, imperative... It needs, it needs to be... Le- yeah. Okay, maybe... Political isn't the isn't the right word. It should be less partisan. Mm-hmm. We should be able to see injustice like that, yeah. and as a collective, be like, "That's bullshit." I, I go ahead. I disagree. I'm more isolationist because I don't think that we should be involving our troops in other countries to stop horrible things from happening unless we ourselves are being attacked. Because, like Connor said, wars are always going to happen. And unfortunately, that's just a fact of life. We can't be all like, we are the world about it and go and join other countries and go into another country and try to do something. Well, but we, we're better to be involved overtly than how we've always been involved covertly, like, such as like Afghanistan during the 80s and, 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 and things of that nature. We're always going to, we're, there isn't a country or in existence. Well, I don't think we should risk our troops' lives I think there's, for other I think, countries' causes. But I think there's a distinction to be made between what Sean's advocating for and Iraq, for example, where there wasn't happening. He was a horrible human being, Saddam Hussein, no doubt, but we went there for, you know, in retrospect, I, I mean, I'm sure it was probably not if, the right If war, not false pretenses, but, but at to least compare that up. to like a Rwanda situation is night and day. No, to just go into these countries like that willy-nilly and for different reasons like that, I think is different. But it would be hard to sit around if you, if I was the president and during Rwanda or the you know, Armenians or and not have done it. Like and we, I mean, look what we look at yeah. what we did. We we and call, I'm not for unilaterally doing this. By the way, it's like we have NATO. We have there, there's a reason why we entered the war during World War Two. Again, there is a reason we were attacked. Well, we were attacked. Our, our, exactly. but we weren't attacked. America, the, our military was attacked. 
we were attacked. Yeah. But but what I'm saying, but yes, I understand. That was but that is, I get it. But it's like it wasn't a civilian attack. It well, wasn't nine eleven. By the way, I, yeah. So nine eleven. I don't know why Afghanistan. Like my problem, obviously, is that we were still there and stuff. Like it didn't go well. But to act like we should have gone. So people are almost acting like we should have gone to Afghanistan. But they, we got involved in World War One as well. Absolutely, and there was, the Taliban. We, we weren't. We didn't have a dog in that fight. Well, they say well, the. Gone, then. They say the, uh, the the catalyst for America getting involved in World War One was ships, it was the, were, the sinking of the Lusitania, yeah, which was a was a European ship yeah. that uh, I believe the Germans suspected of smuggling weapons back and forth across the Atlantic. Um, as with Pearl Harbor, there have been reports later on that kind of imply people knew something like knew that, that was going to happen, and they let it happen. With the Lusitania, the ship was blown up. There were American civilians on board. They went down with the ship, and that had played out multiple times to the point where U.S. government decided it was time to get involved. And that's There's always the case. There's a lot of wars that shouldn't have been involved in. Yeah. Absolutely. There's, I mean, Spanish-American wars, another mm-hmm. war. Vietnam, another war. It shouldn't have been like... There's a lot of stuff we should not have yeah. I'm not, I'm, and I'm, right. again, I'm not, I'm not saying we need to go establish democracy wherever there is not democracy. Mm-hmm. That should be the people of that country's choice. Whatever government, you, whatever country you live in, that your system of government is your choice. Okay? Or unless it's communism, but, but, but even then, it is your choice. You voted it in. Okay? You voted in socialism. You voted it. That's how it goes. There's, there's never been, a socialist takeover, unlike except for like Cuba, <laughs> but you know most most of these governments have been voted in, and it's what's happened afterwards that has led to. to and that's always the danger with the, and we've seen that classic example is going back to Iraq. Is it's always what happens after? Yeah. What it, what you take out these horrible human beings, pieces of crap, like Saddam Hussein, and then you're like, well, what do we do after? So, so what do, do, we, do we do? We appoint our own regional we're... government that, the, like you know, America approves of, because then it's not really the people's choice. But you look at who tends to come in after, and American well, that, foreign that, that that's not that should not be our concern. But American foreign policy over the last thirty years or so has been will help the insurgents take over the country and then be confused as to why terrorists who hate the United States are running a country. Like, that's kind of yeah, what happened well, like in, in Kuwait when you know they came out and jo- trained Bin Laden. Our, our job shouldn't be to run these countries. Mm-hmm. Our job should be, okay, here, here you go. We, we took out, like, again, not as America, but like we, we saved you from this dictator that was mm-hmm. killing, you know, whatever. And now it's your job to move your country forward. If you choose to elect another despot, that's on you. But look, we did you this favor. Where you go from here is your choice. Well, it implies there's there's any sort of election going on. Like, say, you know, you take out the dictator. It's not like all Maybe the people what, suddenly what, vote. America, uh, what, I think, what I think should happen is we should guide them towards that election. We should be there as a supervisor. Let them do yeah. their election. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's all well and good, and like that's honestly how it should work. But then we get even people in our own country who are accusing us then of being a imperialist colonizing system, where we go out and 
upend up cultures, trample them, and try to not. impose. That, we're not. I don't agree. That's never happened. We're not. Exactly. Otherwise, we would have. We would own all Europe. We would own. We would own all the Middle East. That was kind of my original point: is we don't get. We are not an imperial country. It would not be Japan. It would be the American. So Japan is interesting. State of Japan. I was going to bring up Japan. Still don't have an army. Japan is the one exception, which is really interesting in history, that we did write their constitution, and it's worked out good for them and us. So, because we, 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 you know, we made them, you know, the military kind of impotent, you know, technically they're not supposed to have one, even though they, they have, they do, basically. And they, and they, we got rid of the, we kept the emperor just as a figurehead, but he wasn't like, it's like, it's really interesting, like, MacArthur was involved with that after World War II. It's, it's just kind of interesting to look that up. It's like, that's kind of one exception where it actually did kind of yeah. work, but typically it doesn't. But it, if I it, think that, sorry, Britain and Hong no, Kong are a good example, because... Britain basically occupied Hong Kong up until the 90s. They gave them their constitution and then left them alone, didn't go back physically into Hong Kong and do anything. Instead, now that the CCP is trying to take back over Hong Kong, they're implementing all these economic consequences just like the United States is. So I don't think we should be physically going back in these countries and establishing new governments and trying to take it back from China, for example. We should be sanctioning tariffs. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you 100%. Um, and they're, but they're not killing the people on massive scales. If they were, if they were, not yet. arresting them on massive scales. Right, right. This is this is China. These things, these things people. change at the drop of a hat because all of a sudden they decide, oh, anyone who's in Hong Kong who's a member of this party is a threat. The CCP like, just had yeah. an Epoch Times reporter beat up last week. Yeah, like you right. said, yeah, China China wants to be the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's real easy. It's real easy to be the best when you're totally okay with killing anybody who gets in the way of you being the best. And that's where all these questions come in. And here's the thing, we could never go to war with China. Mm -hmm. So now Hong Kong's gonna lose their preferential treatment. Well, they were, I don't know what Biden's gonna do now. I think we know what Biden's gonna do. But they're not, we're not gonna do business like the same anymore. It's not like China's gonna gain this great territory that's gonna make them so much profit because we're not gonna do do deals. Because remember what Biden said when he was asked a question a few weeks ago about you know, the Uyghur genocide and everything, he called it different cultural norms. Mm-hmm. We have video of that on the website. We wrote articles about it. He said, this is just how their culture does things. As the Chinese government rounds up a religious minority, puts them in concentration camps, apparently conduct... That's you, the truth, but yeah. he didn't condemn it, which is the problem. Yeah, exactly. Like, and th- that's the thing. Because like, honestly, whether we get involved somewhere, because these things do tend to be so political... It's all about who's making the decision and who's making the argument. Because if a Republican president wants to go get involved somewhere, it's because he's a warmonger, military-industrial complex, all this stuff. If it's a Democrat president who wants to, I don't know, maybe launch like 3,000 unauthorized drone strikes in the Middle East, it's because, you know, humanitarian intervention, and he's doing the right thing, he's taking out threats, he doesn't need yeah, he doesn't need a declaration of, of war, he's allowed to do it, but... Yeah, so it, it's about who's in charge, really, because this is just what happens in our own country. But he, These are the debates we have. Think about what this is like on the world stage, where people have to decide, do we even want America involved in this in the first place? And, and here's the thing. Regardless, we won't be able to do that going forward if our military keeps going down this road. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether or not it's right or wrong... We won't have the ability to do anything about it. It's like it's 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 that whole adage. It's better to have a gun and not need it than need it and not have it. Mm-hmm. 
and the way that the liberals are taking our military, they are basically dis- looking to disarm America. So when we do need that gun, we're not going to have it. Yep. So, yep. you know, it's this is this is the direction they're going, which which, you know, speaks to Grace's case about making us weaker and, and making us, you know, we they, they are. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say emasculating, but they're undermining us. They're, they're, they're basically they're castrating us. They're, that's even though that's a male term, whatever. They're castrating our military. They want they want us to be less aggressive. They want us to be, you know. There's a reason why they do they castrate bulls. When they you know they don't because bulls will try to be a bull, and they don't want America to be America. So this is their their goal is to. Make sure that we're, we we can't deplete the military. Yeah. Maybe that's better. Well, they, they, I don't know about depleting it. They just don't want to. They don't want it to be in the in its present form. They want to change it to something else. I think they want to change it back to what it was during Obama and like regress on everything that Trump did to rebuild the military. If you want, if you want a, a really good listen to a really good podcast, listen to Tim Kennedy on Joe Rogan. Tim Kennedy is an Army Ranger, and he talked about the difference between being a Ranger under Obama and being a Ranger under Trump. And he goes, "It's night and day." So um, this is this is not good. That's all we can say. Yeah. It's not good. But I think I think we should cut it there because we're, we're we keep going. I think. And by the way, this is uh, this is one area where it is at the feet of the commander in chief because they literally is the head of the military right and so joe biden this is ultimately you can't ignore his even if he's look turning the other way this is still his responsibility he is the commander in chief yep well ladies and gentlemen hopefully you liked what you heard even more importantly hopefully you agreed with what you heard if you did let us know comment below what do you think uh the left is trying to do with the military are they trying to deplete us they trying to castrate us they trying to make us the weakest link in the in the world. You want the weakest link? Goodbye. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let us know below. <laughs> also, do all that other stuff we asked you to in the beginning, like share, become a member of Freedom War, do all that stuff. Help us fight the liberocracy. The, the liberocracy. What would you call it? Like I like that liberocracy. 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 Help us fight it. Liberocracy. Do all that stuff we asked you to in the beginning. Anybody have anything they'd like to close with? Say goodbye, do whatever. I will throw in my customary reminder to uh, be sure to check the links in the description below, articles, other podcasts, lots of stuff we mentioned. Uh, There's a lot more to get into on these issues we don't always get to, so read up, uh, check out what else we have to say. Also, we have an audio-only version of this podcast available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and basically everywhere else you get your podcasts. Check us out. Uh, We are going mobile escaping the censorship of YouTube. So help us out. Give us a download over there. Be sure to follow us at the Freedom Wire podcast and uh, take us with you on the go. I'll just give a, sh- a shout out to the my new favorite sport, the UFC, because they actually just fight and do sports. And then and when they do speak out, they speak out on the right stuff. Like this, uh, this fighter last weekend uh, dedicated his victory to victims of, of Marxism. So 
well done UFC and then all these other sports should be should be watching. It's a big sports fan. I just I recommend them if people still want to watch sports and not be have politics drammed down your throat the whole time. Well, he's just an idiot who doesn't realize that true communism has never been tried. Yeah, true socialism has never been tried. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Remember, you're American. You have rebel blood pumping through your veins. Stay free, and God bless you guys.